Welcome to episode nine of Early Stoppage. I'm your host, Derek Moody, and on today's episode, I had a great time speaking to undefeated women's flyweight boxer and rising star, Zulem Urbina. We talked about her time as an amateur, fighting for the Mexican national team, and what the future holds for her. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Joining me today is undefeated flyweight boxer, Zule Marbina. Welcome to Early Stoppage. I like to start the show off by getting to know the person behind the fighter. So I like to ask some random questions and work our way back to boxing. Sounds fun. All right. Do you have a current obsession? I love to cook. I love to cook. Um, that's one of my dreams. After, after boxing, I want to be a chef. So I'm constantly in the kitchen. Um, that's what helps release stress for me is cooking for other people. Um, I really enjoy being in the kitchen and that's, that's sort of my passion. What's your favorite dish? Well, honestly, I create a lot of <laughs> different things that I don't even think have names. Um, there's this traditional dish from, um, from where I'm born in Sonora, Mexico, that's called gallina pinta. It's kind of like pozole, but it's different because it has um it also has beans and and a bit of a bit of a steak and corn so it's it's a bit different but it's one of my favorites i really like it yeah that that just reminds me of being back home because i'm from san diego but now that i'm in germany <laughs> I, I, that's one thing i miss there's no more mexican food oh yeah my mexican food's amazing <laughs> what's your uh, favorite genre of music i like a lot of the old school romantic Spanish music. Um, my, my father, every time after work, he would come home, play his guitar and, and play uh, some musicians called Los Yonics. So I like a lot of old school music and um, the new school, I like reggaeton. Do you have a favorite training partner? Honestly, I like training alone. I, I don't, uh, I think that's one of the main reasons why I like boxing so much because um, it's, it's not a team sport. I like having the gym to myself, motivated by myself. Um, I don't like having teammates around too much. <laughs> I guess I don't play nicely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you probably got that from sparring, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I don't, I don't like sharing my coach too much. Every time there's somebody new coming into the gym, I'm like, oh, let's see how long this one lasts. <laughs> <laughs> I'll you on that. What's the worst injury you ever suffered? When I was 17, I had a concussion. I, I mean, I've, I've had quite a few injuries, but when I was 17, that one hit me pretty, pretty hard. I mean, I, I was in, in pain. I, had, I don't remember feeling that much pain so that, that time. Um, it was a, a punch that hit me after the bell on a sparring session. And um, I didn't go down or anything like that. But as soon as I got out of the ring, I started feeling it. I sat down outside um, the ring and I just started falling asleep. And I remember just everybody talking around me and trying to get me up and I couldn't get up. I felt really sick. And the headaches after that, they were terrible. So I, I think still to this day, that was like the, the worst one because the the headaches don't go away right away. You got to really take care of yourself and discipline yourself. 
after that for the recovery. So that was the most painful one so far. And, and that was from a punch that came after the bell. Yes. It was like the bell rung, and I dropped my hand right away, and the, my opponent just let me have a, a real good right hand, and I just ate it all. And, I mean, it, it hurt at the moment, but I guess it was a delayed reaction because I didn't feel it till after I got out of the ring. I feel like once you get that first concussion, those headaches come, then it's a bit easier to get that second one if you get if they connect just right. Yeah, I've been fortunate enough. I've, I mean, I've been I've progressed. That was what that was almost eleven years ago. So I mean, I haven't had another one yet, and um, I take care of myself very much. Um, the headaches lasted like a, a whole year, I think, till they completely went away. But yeah, that one they were really bad. So concussions are zero fun. <laughs> I don't know how football players do it all the time with all their games. It seems like nowadays with all the technology, everything's changing for the better. But I feel like back in the day, it was just you got a concussion. No one really cared and just kept playing or boxing, whatever it may have been. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't start having physical contact till about four or five months, I think. And I was very careful when I started training again. I, I was very light at first, not even anything with jumping or anything that would move my head or anything like that because we just wanted to make sure that I healed properly. So, I mean, and it wasn't even a, a, a really bad concussion because there's, there's worse. But, I mean, I just wanted to look out for myself to be good for my family. Completely understandable. If you weren't a boxer... What would you be? Would it be a chef, most likely? Yeah, I think I'd be a chef. I, I want to be a, a chef on a cruise somewhere and just be going off into the world somewhere, somewhere new all the time. How long have you been, you know, cooking or working with culinary arts? You know, I, I'm Mexican, and in Mexican families, it's tradition that us women are are taught young how to um, help our our mothers in the kitchen, and I mean, it's I don't. I, I don't go to culinary school. Or I'm not in school right now. Um, I plan on, on doing this again after I finish with my boxing career. But um, I've been in the kitchen ever since I was 10 years old that I can remember. Um, and then um, I just, I enjoy it. I come up with things um, on my own and I'm very creative. So it's it's a way for me to have fun. Yeah, I know a lot about that tradition. My my best friend, she's actually, uh, she's Mexican as well. And she was the one who got me hooked on Mexican food at a young age. <laughs> I know all about that. <laughs> all, all those extra calories. And, and another thing, it's a lot of people find it weird. But when I'm cutting weight, I crave a lot of stuff. I crave a lot of greasy Mexican food and greasy things and you know because you're hungry you're carb depleted so you start craving things that you don't normally eat so i relax myself by cooking what i crave so it's yeah. it's weird but it's it's my little thing i cook what i crave and i give it to my husband to eat it and i just watch him eat it and i'm fine with it <laughs> <laughs> speaking about food and Mexico. What are your thoughts on Canelo saying that the meat was tainted? I mean, I know this has happened several times, not just for him. This happened to several boxers. I was on the Mexican national team for this last Olympic cycle, and it is something that happens. 
when uh, when we were competing for the Central American Games in in Veracruz, um, we had training camp with the Dominican team in Mexico City. Now in Mexico City at our at our Olympic training center, we're told not to eat meat outside of the Olympic center. We we're not supposed to because especially since we're off getting tested and all these things you know, for for competition. Now the Dominican team went off and and ate outside. They got tested. They almost all got kicked off the Central America because of it. But uh, when you ingest, when you eat, um, the quantity is so, so low that it's almost not even traceable. However, it's an issue that happens once to you as an athlete. I think that once it happens once, you already know and you, you can um, take charge of yourself and not do it again. If you get tested the next day, it, it would already be gone because it's just ingestion. Honestly, I'm. I don't know if he did it or if he didn't, but I know that it was more than one failed test. So, I mean, that's what makes it questionable. Yeah, I agree. What was it like helping out and showing support? Speaking for Senator Catherine. Well, I met her at a, a boxing show at a, a local Iron Boy boxing event. I didn't know too much about her. Honestly, I I try to stay away for from politics too much especially with a lot of stuff going on here in the U.S. now. I was contacted to part of, of her events, and I was too about it because I, I didn't know too much about her. So I started doing my, my research about her and reading a lot about her and the, stuff, the things that she's done, and, and that's why I agreed to, to meet with her because one of the things that stood out for me was the fact that she, she supports dreamers that um, she wants to set up a college where uh, tuition is, is a lot less for, for the dreamers and so that they can going after their dreams. And a lot of people here, and especially in the state of Arizona, we are a Republican state, and um, forget that we're here to achieve a future for our loved ones, our families, and to graduate, to, to someday have a, a diploma, to someday be, be leaders in communities, and that's what drew my attention the most. So it was a, a very pleasant meeting with her, and knowing that she's she's here, she's fighting, it really, really drew my attention. Okay, that's cool. I think I think that's also what drew some of the other boxers that go and show support for her as well. So I mean, that's good. She seems like she's someone for the people. So that's good to know. Yes, definitely. And she's very humble. She's very down to earth. Um, I, I, I felt like we connected and uh, I'm happy to be working with her. And if, if there's thing that we can both do to help our community, I'm more than willing to. Switching back over to the boxing side, who was your favorite boxer growing up? Uh, growing up, I mean, when, when I was little, I was the biggest Cotto fan ever. <laughs> I um I really liked his defense. I, I really liked defense and um I guess I was a little girl so I had a kind of a, a bit of a crush on him <laughs> also. But that's that's um that's newer then I would say Lupe Pintor. He was just his style was very aggressive, very strong. I liked how fit his body 
wide back that I just admired. Mexican warrior, you know, that just goes out there to fight. So I really liked watching him. Yeah, I, I always was a fan. I mean, of course, I used to, I grew up watching the heavyweights, but as I got older, um, I was more interested in the smaller, the smaller fights. They were more active. To me, they felt a bit more competitive. So I was yeah. like watching um, Edwin Valero. Oh, yeah. He was, he was very exciting to watch. I would have loved to have seen a, a fight between him and Lomancheco now. That would definitely be a dream fight for many people because it's just like, <laughs> it, it, it would be epic. Who knows where that would go? Like, there's, there's no telling. There's no telling how that fight would go. It would be amazing, though. Did you have a um, favorite women's uh, boxer growing up? Yeah, definitely. Ann Wolf. She was the best of the best. I think she was a beast. Um, her strength, the way she just, she annihilated her, her opponents. So definitely that's, that's who I enjoyed watching. That's probably my favorite female fighter of all time. I feel like everyone who got in the ring with her, she put on their back. She annihilated him. <laughs> there was no competition there. None. Yeah. Did you see her in the latest Wonder Woman film? Oh, yes, I did. I spotted her right away. I was like, oh, my God. I didn't, I didn't know Ann Wolf was in this film. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, I only, think the, I only think the hardcore fans probably noticed that she was in there as Artemis. That was really cool to, you know, that she had that role in there. How did you get into boxing? Well, um, since, since I've always been into sports, I was always in in um, basketball, softball, um, little after-school, little league baseball, everything at school. And um, one day my, my brother started attending a local boxing gym and I begged them to take me. Obviously, they're like, my little sister, I don't want to take her. I cried to my father. I told him that I really wanted to go. He, he literally forced them to take me. I ended up going to this gym and first of all, cardio all the ring and the gym that we would go to would i remember we would i running like half an hour and i had never in my life really that long i think that's what drew my attention the most that it was didn't quite get it that fast as i did with every other sport now did, did both of your parents support you getting into you know boxing at such a young age um at first my mom she was just trying to get rid of me <laughs> at first. She's like, oh, yeah, just take her. Then, you know, the, the, your, your brothers will take care of her and this and that. And, and then after she started seeing that I liked it so much because I started showing up at home with bruises, busted lips, and it was a whole Mexican thing. The mom wants you at home helping her with chores. And so she, she kind of pulled me out of the gym when I was – 14 years old because to keep on boxing because she wanted me to just be at home with her and and helping her out so at first she didn't really like it then um being at 16 I told her that I was gonna start boxing that I wanted to to do something for myself that that's what I've always wanted to do so she told me yeah and you can you can go ahead and go but you're gonna have care of everything here at home before you leave so she would leave me these like chores of room before I leave tomorrow cleaning the whole backyard or anything but I had to take care of something every day before I left to the gym 
I started going and I stuck to it since. So it's been 11 years since I've stuck to it, <laughs> since she didn't want me to. Now she's my biggest fan. She just she just started seeing that I really enjoyed it, that I was that I was good at it, and that I wasn't gonna leave. She she kind of gave in herself. Now, how'd you end up in knockout boxing? Well, um, I I ended up at knockout boxing club because um. My husband, he was one of the most successful coaches in, in the state of Arizona. Even when I wasn't boxing, I would go watch my older brothers compete. The kids at his gym were always winning the state championships, winning regionals, winning nationals, coming back, bringing titles to, to the state. They were always successful. And they weren't just winning. They were being dominant in all their fights. So I always kept an eye out for that. And so when I, just, when I wanted to go back to the gym, I, I, I had already decided that that's who I wanted to train with because I noticed that he was the one that had the most developed athletes. You know, there's, there's coaches that get lucky with one good boxer and the rest aren't really quite that good or there's always that one star. In his gym, they were all good. So I, I always thought it was because of him. And um, that's when I came to him and... Frankly, he taught me everything I know because um, if it wasn't for him, I would have never known boxing the way I do now. Traveled the world and in, in international competition um, and now as a pro. This was your now husband, uh, Andrew Soto, correct? Yes, that's correct. Um, I started training with him in 2007. We wound up getting married in, uh, when was it? In 2000. 10. I'm really bad with dates. He's really bad with dates, too. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, 2007, you entered uh, for the Golden Gloves. Uh, yeah, in 2007, that was the first national... Um, like I said, since I am born in Mexico, I, there's not a lot of tournaments I could have assisted here in the U.S. because of um, being undocumented. So that tournament was one of the last ones that where they allowed undocumented athletes to compete. So that was that was my first national title in 2007 tournament in 2007. I lost in the semifinals to Marlena Esparza. And um, I mean, it was a really good fight. We ended up getting fight of the tournament. So it was it was very competitive. And I and I didn't even have a lot of fights at that time. But it was a great learning experience for me. What was that experience like? How many fights did you actually do? Like, what was the process like? Well, I did, um, I did three fights. I mean, it was my first tournament, so it was my first time actually flying out there. And um, I remember registration and everything. And I had seen Marlena Sparza fight before, and I was actually a fan of hers. For me to be able to fight her, it was just showing how much I was improving. And not only, it was, it was a very competitive fight for both of us. So it was it was very motivating for me because I was fighting somebody that I looked up to. And um, we actually, we gave a really interesting, exciting fight for the crowd. Um, I ended up losing in the semis. So I, I received third place, but I also won. Um, Marlene and I, we both won uh, fight of the tournament, which it was it was just something new for me. And it was it was exciting. Because you were undocumented, you couldn't do many of the tournaments that were out there. How different do you think your career would have been starting out if you did have the, you know, the privileges to fly to some of these other tournaments? Well, honestly, um, in I believe in 2008, I tried comp 
competing at a national pal tournament i was going to be allowed to compete in it and then somebody else in in my division complained about me competing saying well, they said some racial remarks and they said why was i going to be allowed to compete if if i only if i wasn't a citizen and so i got kicked off the tournament it was it was sad to me because all i wanted to do was fight but um it shaped me into who i am today i do believe my career would have been a little more advanced had i been able to compete in a lot of more of these tournaments because i would have probably had double the fights that i did in the amateur i mean i did 96 amateur fights i would have probably done twice as many i'm happy with the way turn things turned out um i decided to to leave to mexico and i ended up being on the national team and i'm proud of the country that i represented because that's where i'm born who was it like training at the you know for the national team in mexico it was very different very very different i'm used to in in mexico it's you step into a gym and it's the passion is different it's it's fight 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 you're there to fight it's more about strength um they didn't really focus too much on me about technique and and things like that so it was a very dis- different type of uh, uh training regimen but i mean through it all i i learned a lot i i matured for me there's there's nothing like training with my my husband and coach i love training with him but I had to also learn to go off and do my own thing. So, I I developed. I mean, everything that happened to me has made me who I am today. So, I'm happy about it. How old do you think you were when you and Alexis decided on going to the Olympics? That 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 was going to be your dream. Well, it was <laughs> that's um uh, that's a touchy subject for me because I mean, it, it makes me feel good to remember it. is just in 2013 um my brother alexis uh went to his first youth national in uh, spokane spokane washington and um he was 16 he ends up winning his this national tournament now him and i before that before him going to this national tournament had never thought about the olympics at all it was our thing was to turn pro and, and win world championships he ends up winning this and so this olympic dream is 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 born he that was the first the the women's boxing had just been introduced the, the year before in 2012 so um my brother and i we started thinking about it and we started talking and saying hey how about we go to the olympics you represent team USA i represent team Mexi- mexico and we're the first brother and sister duo to compete at an olympic games in boxing and that's where the dream was born it was born in march of 2013 and i remember it like it was yesterday um he ends up passing away in september of 2013 and um i decided to keep on going because I, the easy thing would have been to give up and um I just I wanted to make him proud. You know most people probably would have given up based on what took place. Now I know that there were a lot of politics involved with you and in trying to pursue the Olympics. What kind of took place there? I'm not born in the US so I could never compete at any US tournament. 
I'm I'm Mexican. I'm born in Mexico, but I go to Mexico, and in Mexico, I'm told that I'm not Mexican because the U.S. So it's it's really accepts you anywhere. So uh, I had I had my troubles uh, being accepted onto the Mexican national team. Uh, for one, I I told them, you know what? You wake up, you're here in Mexico. You don't know you you know you're Mexican, but you're not told that every single day. I'm told that I'm Mexican every single day in Arizona. At that time, we had elimination going on with uh, Sheriff Joe Arpaio. So little by little, I started winning my respect on the Mexican national team. Um, we would have box offs, and nobody could take my spot away. That was from 2013 all the way to 2016. I didn't have greatest experience with the training there towards the end of that cycle because um, I felt like I was getting worse as time went on. I wasn't happy with the training. And I went to the Americas qualifier, which was in Argentina in March of 2016. I ended up not qualifying. I come back home. Well, I, I go back to the Olympic Center. We have this meeting where you know, paying for all our trips. I pay, I, I paid for my uh, last Olympic qualifier and I was going to pay for the next, which was the world qualifier. But we were supposed to pay for our own trips because our federation wasn't funded by the country anymore because of some politics problems with the president of the Mexican Boxing Federation. I told them if they would allow me to come back and train here because in the U.S. because... I didn't want to be training in Mexico City anymore. I, I told them I want to go to this world tournament and I want to go not to just go. I want to go to qualify and I'm not happy with the way I'm training here in Mexico City. Uh, since I'm paying for everything, I want to ask for permission to be able to return home and train with my co um, permission. Will, and I understood why, because they said that if they gave me permission, to leave camp that everybody else would ask for the same treatment. So I understood it. I said it was fine. I was forced, well, not forced. I was had to sign this first saying I was leaving the Mexican national team because um, I was going to return home and that that was me leaving because I wasn't, they, they worded it as though I was coming home to start attending school and yeah, because I was coming home for better training. I was with the situation, so I ended up signing the paper. Then I find out, I believe, a week before the, the world tournament that somebody else from another state had paid for the spot to go and that they weren't even training at the Olympic Center. Been your national champion these last four, competed for you in so many tournaments brought back so many medals and you just pushed me aside and gave my spot to somebody that wasn't even training at the Olympic Center that has never fought in my weight division, never boxed off. You're just giving away that spot. And I just, something that I couldn't understand. Yeah, that's the politics there because that makes no sense at all. I mean, the, the girl I found out, she was arriving at the OTC the day before leaving to the to the tournament so I mean that's what I had asked for it but it was denied to me but it was given to somebody else that wasn't at the OTC that wasn't even in my division 
while I was at the OTC, there was a, a, a girl that was one of my sparring partners. She was the number two. I wouldn't have been mad if she would have gone to the tournament. I would have understood it because she complied with everything they asked for. She was there. She was in my, the number two in my division. I mean, she deserved it. But no, it's given to another girl. So I lost it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't blame you. That whole that whole situation, that made no sense. They say no to you, yes to someone else. I mean, you were going back to the States because you had better training with your husband than you did at the OTC. So, you know, you can't fault you for that one. Based on everything that you've been through, what do you feel is your biggest accomplishment so far? My biggest accomplishment isn't a medal or or a tournament or, an, or a professional win. My biggest accomplishment is me having kept going through all of the difficulties. I feel, I feel proud of myself that even though I face racism here with my family and all these politics and losing my brother and all these barriers that have been put in front of me, I've been able to just keep going, keep my eyes set straight on the goal and keep going no no matter how far I make it whether I win a world championship or not I've worked so hard and I've kept going through all the pain and all the suffering so that's to me that's my proudest on April 21st you fought Gabriela Sanchez Saavedra which ended in a no contest due to accidental headbutts you think there'll be a rematch at some point I'm very fortunate because of what I did in the amateurs um I most of my fights are are televised in in Mexico and everybody wants to fight me all the time. So it benefits them. Um it doesn't benefit me at all that she wants to fight me or anything like that. I could care less of who I'm fighting. I'm just there to do my job. A lot of these girls are willing to to try and beat me with whatever means. I mean, last fight I mean, it wasn't even a fight. It lasted a whole minute. I was headbutted within the first 10 seconds, cut. Then the last headbutt, um, I got knocked down. Uh, there's there's nothing in it for me to... It's She's just a... It was a dirty fight, and I, I don't really want anything to do with that. Yeah, I definitely didn't see it ending so soon. I felt like the entrances were longer than the fight. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Time, the warming up, everything, the wrapping, the fight wasn't, uh, it wasn't even a fight. Now, what is the process like when it comes to scheduling your fights and picking opponents? Well, I'm signed with a a company called Sanford Promotions. Um, They're from from Mexico, from Tijuana. Um, They have um, Berchel, I don't know if you know Berchel, Munguia. I'm signed with them. And um, they practically just, they call me. They tell me, hey, um, when, when will you be ready to fight? I, t- I tell them when. They pick a date, and then they just call me about an opponent. Just agree. It's pretty, we keep it pretty simple. I'm always in the gym, so um, I'm always ready. And um, I try to maintain myself around my fight weight so I won't struggle too much. And um, I'm very disciplined, so I'm always in the gym. Okay. And do you currently have a fight scheduled? Um, actually, I spoke to my promoters a few days ago, and um, I asked them for a date on, in July. So they told me that they're going to they're gonna look at what dates they have available. Let me know as soon as possible to get a confirmation. 
but hopefully looking for July. Out of all of your amateur fights, all of the tournaments, your pro fights, who was the toughest opponent you faced? Uh, there was there was a lot of tough ones. Um, there was a, a Polish girl, uh, Petrova Stoika, huge lefty, very, very tall. She was kind of dirty, so <laughs> it was, it was, it was, it was, she was like trying to muscle me around and cause I was a shorter girl and, and, um, she was trying to muscle me around. So it was, it was funny and exciting. Um, then there was always, uh, those fights with Marlena Sparza. They were always fun. Um, there's a, a friend of mine that I fought from New Mexico. She's actually, I think she's five and oh now as a pro. Um, we fought twice, Ayana Orona, and she, um, I won one and she won one. And those fights were just war every time, every time that we fought each other, we came out with bruises and we gave each other a big old hug after the fights. <laughs> That's just this. Are you two in the same weight class currently? Uh, no, she moved up, I, I believe, to featherweight. She, she had a, she has a, a child now and. She moved up to featherweight, but um, yeah, she's 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 tough. You should keep an eye out for her. Certainly will. Now, how can fans stay up to date with you on social media? Well, um, all my social media, I keep it simple. My name. You can follow me Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, at Sunurbina, and um, I do my very best to to reply to all the messages and. I'm always, um, the one I use the most is Instagram. I post a lot of my cooking because I'm always cooking um, my training um, and everyday stuff on there. So if you guys ever want to uh, message me, talk to me, I'm there. All right, perfect. Well, I appreciate you being on Early Stoppage today and I wish you more success as you continue to extend your undefeated record. No, thank you very much. It was, it was a fun, different interview, so I enjoyed it very much. Okay, that'll wrap up today's episode of Early Stoppage with Zulem Urbina. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Until next time, peace.